Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP dual credit biology and much more. I am your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode 21, week 21 of the 2019-2020 school year. In this week's podcast, we will recap the week of January 27th through the 31st in AP Dual Credit Biology and look forward to the coming week as well. Spoilers for the week, pop quiz on Monday, say what, over protein synthesis, and cell cycle and cell division quiz on Thursday. In this week's second segment, I'll go through a quick rundown of biology in the news, highlighting the biggest biology headlines happening in the world today. And in our final segment, we will revisit Mr. V's mailbag and answer some more questions from some listeners in a segment called Mr. V Answers Your Questions, or at least tries to answer your questions. Now, before we begin the podcast, we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment I call Mr. V Needs to Pay the Mortgage. This episode is brought to you by Pop Quiz. Hey, are you stuck in a rut? Have a boring, mundane schedule with quizzes set way in advance? Are you longing for something fresh, new, and poppin'? Well, worry no more with Pop Quiz. That's right, Pop Quiz is coming soon to a classroom near you with a challenge that will leave you saying, can I still apply to Hallmark Technical College? It will bring the boom to your GPA and some much needed excitement to your course. So be ready, coming this Monday to a classroom near you, Pop Quiz. Pop Quiz will be over all things protein synthesis, so review your notes and activities. And we're back. So let's go ahead and hit that rewind button and review the week that was in AP Dual Credit Biology. This week in class, our main focus was to explore and learn the details of protein synthesis, specifically the two stages of transcription and translation. So let's go ahead and highlight some of the main talking points discussed during the week. So let's begin with transcription, where we go from DNA to messenger RNA in the nucleus for eukaryotes. And it starts with transcription factors binding to a promoter region that is upstream of the actual gene it will be transcribing. Now in the promoter region, there is a unique sequence that the transcription factors will bind to called the Tata box. And usually anywhere from four to eight transcription factors will bind to the promoter region and then recruit RNA polymerase 2 to bind to the DNA. So notice RNA polymerase 2 isn't the first thing that binds to the promoter region of the gene, it's the transcription factors. By the way, this first step of transcription is called initiation. Now, the transcription factors will not only assist the RNA polymerase to binding to the promoter, but also designate which strand will be the template strand that RNA polymerase 2 will copy to messenger RNA. Now, RNA polymerase 2 will unwind and separate the DNA strands about 10 to 20 bases at a time and read the template strand of our DNA of our gene 3 to 5 and create messenger RNA 5 to 3 following the base pairing rules with the slight change of adenine binding to uracil instead of thymine. And this step of transcription is called elongation. Now, as RNA polymerase 2 moves along the template strand, the mRNA, the freshly made mRNA, peels away and the DNA strands behind the RNA polymerase close back up and twist back into that double helix shape. 
The last step of transcription is termination. And this is when RNA polymerase 2 transcribes a terminator sequence and lays down AAUAAA, which causes RNA polymerase 2 and the transcription factors to disassociate and release the newly synthesized pre-mRNA. Now, this is only for eukaryotic organisms. Prokaryotic cells end up making messenger RNA. No pre-mRNA, just ready-to-go messenger RNA. Now, for eukaryotes, the pre-mRNA goes through RNA processing before leaving the nucleus. And the first thing that occurs is modification of the 5 and 3 prime ends of the pre-mRNA. At the 5 prime end, a modified guanine nucleotide with methyl groups is attached, simply called a 5 prime cap. And at the 3 prime end, an enzyme adds anywhere from 50 to 300 adenines, which is called a poly A tail. Now, the main function of the 5 prime cap and poly A tail is to protect the mRNA long enough in the cytoplasm to be translated, but they also help the mRNA leave the nucleus and assist the ribosome to attach to the messenger RNA in the cytoplasm. A second part of RNA processing is RNA editing, where non-coding segments of RNA called introns have to be cut out and the coding segments of RNA called exons have to be joined together for one continuous mRNA. The responsibility of this editing goes to SNRNPs, small nuclear ribonucleic proteins, or SNRPs for short, which form a spliceosome. SNRPs will bind to splice sites on an intron, recruit additional proteins, forming a spliceosome complex that will cut out an intron and join flanking exons together. So now with introns out, exons joined, a 5' cap, and a poly A tail, we have fully ready-to-go messenger RNA ready to leave the nucleus. With the mRNA now in the cytoplasm, we are ready for translation, which also consists of three steps, initiation, elongation, and termination. So let's begin with initiation. In this step, the mRNA docks with the small ribosomal subunit of a ribosome at the 5' end of the messenger RNA. Then the first tRNA comes in with its amino acid attached, usually always methionine, and docks in the P site of the ribosome. Then the large ribosomal subunit binds to the small subunit, completing the ribosome and the step of initiation. Next, the ribosome reads the messenger RNA 5 to 3 with the A site reading the mRNA codon followed by the recruitment of the complementary tRNA with the correct amino acid. Now the codon on the messenger RNA binds with the anticodon of the tRNA to ensure proper translation. Then the ribosome will catalyze the formation of a peptide bond between the amino acid in the P site and the amino acid in the A site of the ribosome. And we have started the second step of translation called elongation. The ribosome then translocates, moves one codon over, where what was in the A site is now in the P site. What was in the P site is now in the E site of the ribosome. The tRNA in the E site, which stands for exit, is released and can now be reused. The P site carries the growing polypeptide chain and the A site is now open, ready for the next tRNA with its amino acid to arrive and dock.
Now, an important part of this process is the amino acid connecting to the tRNA. This is done by an enzyme called aminoacyl tRNA synthetase, something that just might appear on this <coughs> pop quiz. Now, translocation will continue on the mRNA from 5 to 3 prime to the last step called termination, where the A site will read a stop codon, which could be UAA, UAG, or UGA. This will not code for an amino acid, but for a release factor protein that will cause the mRNA to be released, the ribosome to disassociate, and the tRNAs to leave, and the newly formed polypeptide chain to be released as well. Well, ready to be modified, packaged into Golgi, and possibly combined with other polypeptide chains to form functionally active proteins. And this concludes our deep dive highlight conversation of protein synthesis. Also discussed this week were mutations where DNA goes wrong. I'll let you review the types of gene mutations we discuss for they will be appearing on this <coughs> pop quiz. Also, might be cool to know about the mutation that causes muscles to grow beyond their limit. Shh, myostantin. While that was the main content we discussed in class, let's also do a quick rundown of the activities we accomplished this week. On Monday, we celebrated our awesome performance on the cell communication and DNA exam with outstanding class data with low to high B averages pretty much across the board. A special shout out to third period for having broken a B average on the exam and not having the lowest class average on an exam. So great job, third period. Keep up the good work. However, there could only be one winner of the top class performance on the AP Biology exam. And that winner goes to eighth period, once again, extending their streak to three wins in a row. So hopefully a class will step up and maybe take this trophy away from eighth period. And I also want to give a special shout out to three individuals who made it to the Keeping It 100 Wall of Fame with a perfect score on the exam. So give it up to Zia K and Trevor W from 6th period and Arzine T from 7th period. Great job on the exam and keep up the outstanding work. Now, on Wednesday, students showed off their knowledge, or lack thereof, on the protein synthesis quiz, which results just recently returned on Friday. And boy, were the grades a little rough. Hence this <coughs> pop quiz on Monday. On Thursday, students worked on a protein synthesis simulation activity in small groups, reinforcing transcription and translation content with students turning in the assignment on Friday. If you missed the activity, make sure to make it up in a timely manner before points start to be deducted. Well, that was the content and major activities for the week that was in AP Dual Credit Biology. And now for our second segment, Biology in the News, where I will highlight the biggest stories happening in the world of biology today. So the biggest story out there in the world of biology today is the Wuhan coronavirus. So I'll break it down to what you guys need to know about this emerging illness. 
So first, coronaviruses aren't new. There are a lot of different types of coronaviruses out there and several that actually cause the common cold. But this one's a novel one, a new coronavirus, one that's believed to have been transmitted from an animal to a human. Scientists believe possibly from a bat, snake, or fish to a human due to the closeness, the proximity of these animals to humans. And this coronavirus has gotten its name from where the first cases of this coronavirus appeared in Wuhan, China. Now, what are some of the symptoms of this novel coronavirus? Well, very similar to flu-like symptoms, fever, cough, and shortness of breath. And what makes it concerning is that it spreads very easily through airborne particles, surface particles, and just being around people who are infected. Now, as of Saturday, February 1st, there has been about 4,700 confirmed people, cases infected with the coronavirus around the world. World, with about a hundred deaths, most of these occurring in China. In the United States, as of Saturday night, there are eight confirmed cases of infected individuals with zero deaths. Now, you might be wondering, is this a dangerous virus or scary as it's being portrayed in the media? Well, maybe, because it can become dangerous in about 20% of the population, causing pneumonia or acute respiratory failure. But there is no need to panic. With only eight confirmed cases in the United States and zero deaths, we should be alert, but not panicked or anxious. So save those telomeres. What makes it a little scary is how it could be transmitted pretty easily and at this moment there is no cure or vaccine available. However, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, is working on a vaccine which might be ready in a couple of months. Now, while there is no cure, we can manage symptoms with fluids and medication if required. Now, what should you do if you think you have the Wuhan coronavirus? Well, first, calm down. Don't. You probably don't. You would have to have been in Wuhan, China recently or come into contact with someone from Wuhan, China in the past two weeks. But if you still think you might have this, contact your healthcare provider immediately. Now, what can you do to help you avoid the coronavirus? Well, take measures like most flu seasons, which we're in the middle of one right now, but also don't travel to Wuhan, China. Now, if you feel sick and have flu-like symptoms, stay home and contact your healthcare provider. Remember to wash your hands frequently with soap and water. Try not to touch any of your mucous membranes like your nose, your eyes, your mouth. Pretty much try not to touch your face very much. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze and remember to clean common areas and spray some Lysol around these common areas as well. Also, avoid people who are sick with the flu. And lastly, be alert, but don't panic. Stay calm and go to reputable sites like the CDC or the WHO for the latest and most accurate information. And that, my friends, is what's making the biggest headlines in the world of biology today. And 
And now for our final segment where we go back into Mr. V's mailbag. You've got mail. And answer some listeners' questions and Mr. V answers your questions or at least tries to. Our first question comes from username I'm Always Hungry 2019. And this person asks, Mr. V, with the Super Bowl happening this Sunday, who do you got winning this game? Also, do you want to make a bet? Well, good question. Now, I don't really have a dog in this game, but being a Dallas Cowboys fan, I just can't find myself rooting for the Niners. Also, I don't want the Niners to get that sixth Super Bowl. So Chiefs it is. Go Chiefs. As for a bet, well, you know, it's illegal to gamble, but I'll do this. If the Chiefs win by 10 points or more, and this podcast gets 100 views by Tuesday midnight, I'll add a 5-2 10-point curve on this <coughs> pop quiz on Monday. Are you crazy? We have another question from username Chorizo Forever, and they ask, Mr. V, I notice you like dinosaurs. What's your favorite? Well, first, that's a lie. I don't actually like dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs, and my favorite is the Triceratops with its three horns and that frill. It's a magnificent looking dinosaur that could hold its own against the mighty T-Rex. Well, I think we have time for one more question from username Mr. V, not my Suma 2020. And they ask, Mr. V, if I bought you some killer Crocs and socks, would you wear them to school? That would be a hard no. I would first burn them, then take the ashes to a priest to perform an exorcism, then weld them into a lead box, and then throw that box into the mouth of an active volcano. Well, that's it for Mr. V's mailbag. Hey, if you would like to submit a question and possibly have it aired on the podcast, submit your question via email at ovelas at nsd.net or the Edmodo app or the new Instagram page for the podcast. And now for a couple of reminders for the week. Hmm, something happening on Monday, so be ready. Also, Cell Cycle and Cell Division quiz on Thursday. Also this week, we'll be working on a mini project, a mitosis cell division claymation project. Details coming Monday, so stay tuned. Now, don't forget that the podcast now has an Instagram page. So if you haven't subscribed, go right now and help me get to 100 followers and see all the happenings in AP Dual Credit Biology. Well, that brings us to an end of episode 21, week 21 of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. I want to thank Free Music Archive and Sound Bible for the music and sound effects on the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and recorded by Velasquez Productions. Once again, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Feel free to email me at ovelas at nsd.net with any comments or feedback. And remember, don't forget to follow the Instagram page for the podcast evolving with Mr. V. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding you to please, please, for your professor's sake, pop quiz on Monday. 